Hello everyone, welcome to Fruitful Sessions episode 5. This is a live podcast where we go live Mondays at 9.30pm. We're a little late, but um, this is where my husband and I, Javier, come together to just talk about the intersectionality of faith and culture. culture. Yes. So um, tonight we're actually going to be talking about the gospel-centered marriage and what it looks like for us to practically apply our faith in our marriage. Yes. How you feeling tonight, babe? I'm feeling good. Before we get started, man, we live, man. Y'all, look, we working on some things, man. I promise. We are. We are. Look, these episodes are going to become a lot more consistent if you guys are journeying with us through this. Mm -hmm. Wifey's about to launch her page officially. Yeah. We got some photos, some lit photos. Um, So Lord willing, that'll be coming soon. But definitely stick around. Do follow us. Do subscribe. Do turn on that notification bell so that you can be notified when we do go live. Also, babe, these episodes are recorded. So if you can't tune in live, you can check out the recording on Jamie's Facebook page as well as her YouTube. Yep. And we're also um, on all of the podcast streams as well. So these episodes will be on there very soon. But you guys can go ahead and follow us, subscribe, um, even right now. So definitely encourage you to do that. So yeah, babe, let's just jump right into it. Let's do it. Um, So yeah, I think this is something that we've been wanting to talk about for a while. This is something that was requested um, by our friends. I think the first thing, well, I think first it's important that we talk about like what what is the gospel, right? What is the gospel um, and how does it pertain to marriage? What is the, even the um, the correlation, I guess? Gotcha. So we already announced that we're talking about the gospel-centered marriage? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. The gospel-centered marriage, what is the gospel um, and how does it correlate to marriage? I guess I'll get my answer and then sure. you, you jump in. We'll just chop it up, right? Feel free to comment, you know, if you're watching live. Uh, let us know your thoughts, whatever, questions. So the gospel, I think, is defined as good news, obviously, or maybe not obvious. I don't want to assume it's obvious, but the gospel means good news. Um, and the good news is that God has provided a way. Mm-hmm. Um, he has provided provision for. He has provided a solution to uh, the issue in our world and in our hearts known as sin and darkness and depravity. Um, We as human beings, we have a propensity to desire that which is profane to God, that which um, offends him, that which goes beyond his intent for us as creatures of God. Uh, So that puts us in a predicament where we are enemies to God, Romans says, right? Mm -hmm. Romans says we're enemies to God. Um, And while we were enemies, get this, this ties into what we're talking about. While we were enemies of God, his love is so profound um, that he sent Christ to die for us. Um, Because the penalty, like I said, the predicament that we find ourselves in as offenders of God, as enemies of God, uh, we find ourselves guilty before him because he is a just judge. And we all love justice, right? Um, Well, the just... um, the just, I guess, conviction for us, the just charge is death, right? The wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. We are due the penalty of death. The good news is that 
Christ came and paid that penalty for us. Yeah. Now, of course, it's like, okay, well, what, what do you mean? If I sin, then I'm supposed to die. How am I still alive? Well, obviously, the death that is being spoken about is a spiritual death, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a dying to God, right? You die to God and you come alive in wickedness, right? Yeah. Um, and Christ resurrects us spiritually, um, but will also raise us from the literal dead, right? Um, and that's the good news. Yeah. That is the good news, babe. I guess, how would you say that applies to marriage, though? Yeah, that's a good question. I think... Um, how did I do that? Was that clear? Yeah, oh, that was yeah, clear. Yeah, that was know, clear. You know, I think, you know. Um, you know, for my husband and I, we're followers of Christ, right? We're believers of Jesus. And so for us, the reason why it's so important, like, it could be really easy, like, oh, okay, like, you know... It's important for you guys to know the gospel. It's a good Christian thing to do. However, when you are married, and not even just married, right? Like if you are in in any sort of relationship or friendship, you know, whether it be with a parent or you know a, a friend, um, I think it's important that we recognize how we are to practically apply the gospel regularly. And for us, we're speaking in a marriage content because um, context because we're married. Um, but for me, I think, um, you brought up a really good point in that while we were still sinners, while we were enemies of God, God still sent his son to die for us. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, as Christians, we believe that as Christians, we believe that the wages of sin is death. Right. So all of us, the Bible tells us that all of us has fallen short of the glory of God. There is not one person on the earth that can say, yes. I'm perfect. I've never fallen short of God's standard. There's right. nobody. Right. And so as Christians, we believe the only perfect being is God. And therefore, if everyone's trajectory is hell, mm -hmm. which is a dead, hell is without God, right? Hell is a place where God is not. You There is no relationship with God in hell. So mm -hmm. that's a trajectory for everyone who does not believe in Christ. Mm -hmm. Christians, we believe that only a perfect one would be able to enter heaven after death and since there are no perfect people god had to literally come down to earth and you know live a perfect life die a death that he didn't deserve and raise from the dead so that everyone who believes in him and says you know what yes like i cannot be perfect you are god you're perfect you're the only one who could do this i put my faith in you and now i get what you deserve and you got what I deserve, which was death. And so, um, and, and now we get, you know, now we have the ability to have a relationship with the Father. We have ability to live forever with God. And so when I look at that and I think about relationships, but especially marriage, I always think like day by day, I don't feel like, really what it comes down to, I don't feel like Let's say we're having an argument or a disagreement. I don't feel like you deserve my love right now because maybe I don't feel loved by you. And that looks different in depending on the person and depending on the situation. Like, I don't feel like you're taking the time to listen to me right now. I don't feel like you're considering me right now. I don't feel like you're valuing me right now. You know, oftentimes, um, and I know you can speak from your perspective, but I've heard from like you and a lot of men that oftentimes I don't feel respected you know, right now, I don't feel like you're um, not, yeah, but respected. So 
I think whatever it is for you that makes you that makes you feel loved, I think it's very important that you recognize that you can only find that fully in God, right? And especially for us as believers, it's just like there's something about the human heart that craves. One of my good friends, Rochelle, she she used to say this a lot. Every human beings, whether you're Christian or not, whether you're religious or not, whether you're spiritual or not, desires to be known and to be loved. And so I think it's easy to get in a situation in marriage where you're constantly craving that from that individual or in, in a relationship in general, but that person cannot be that full source of that for you. And so um, I think my first thought is because God is the source of love, he is the perfect source of love, of, of life, of joy, um, that that is the reason why I need to be considering him and the gospel first in order for just things in our marriage to go smoothly, to even Shana make no. sense. Mm -hmm. Did we? Do you think we should talk about the purpose of marriage, though? I mean, yeah, we could talk about okay. the biblical purpose. Yeah, of I think it's important. I think it's it's difficult to apply the gospel to marriage when you don't have the God centric approach of to what marriage, what marriage is, is yeah. in the first place. So we obviously believe in Jesus, you know, as we've articulated, but yeah. what does God say? about marriage right what are some things that scripture says about marriage and i'll just throw some out there you know what i mean yeah um husbands love your wives as christ loves the, the church. church you know wives submit to your husband as unto the lord husbands don't deal harshly with, with your wives wife. right mm -hmm. honor her right um wash husbands wash your wife in the water yeah. of the word right um i'm quoting all this from ephesians 5 and first peter 3 right mm -hmm. And Ephesians 5, talking about either Ephesians 5 or 1 Peter 3, talking about the mystery of marriage is really Christ and the church, yeah. right? That there is an element um, or there is an essence of this relationship, right? This God relationship between man and woman that reflects the relationship between Christ and church. Mm-hmm which is profound, yeah. right? That yeah. is wild because that has major implications for the marriage. The gospel that we spoke about in the beginning is a gospel where God sent Christ mm -hmm. to rescue us, church, yep. right? Who, who scripture references as the bride. As the bride. So yeah. Christ's suitor, church, bride, mm -hmm. Christ's bridegroom, we are seeing a model of marriage set before us, right? Yeah. Um, and that has major implications for me. I'll speak. I'll speak to it for myself. Yeah. As a husband, who is the Christ representative, quote unquote. We're both believers, right? Mm -hmm. It's not that the man is Jesus and the woman is the church, literally, but obviously the role that is played in the dynamic of the relationship. There are elements that we must certainly draw from the relationship between Christ and the church. Namely, husband, laying down your life, mm -hmm. right? Literally laying down your life yeah. for your wife. Yeah. 
Yeah, bro. That's a, that's. A, I think that's one thing that people don't talk about often. Like we love to talk about the head, which is important, right? Because it's like you have these groups of people who like totally ignore that. Whatever, you know, we're just gonna ignore that part of scripture. But then I think it's also important to note, yes, as God calls the husband to be the head of of the family and of the wife, He also calls the husband to lay down his life, yes. as Christ does for the church. Yes. Yeah. And it 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 really plays out in what you were talking about with um when offense arises, right? Mm. Because the center one of the pillars of the gospel is the offense that we have committed towards God. Yeah. And his nature and his being. And in response to that offense, there will be judgment, mm -hmm. no question, but it was first met with grace and patience yeah you know what i'm saying so i think for me looking at a gospel-centered marriage looking at how we try to put the gospel at the forefront of our marriage me as husband i'm like look one i need to lay down my life with my my wife at all costs you know mm -hmm. what i mean literally you know what yeah, i mean like, lay literally. down my literal life to protect you but also like it can take form in laying aside my pride you know what I mean? Because there might be situations where Come you on. are genuinely wrong. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's one thing for me to be like, to point out every single thing you do wrong. But it's another thing for me to show grace mm -hmm. first. Yeah. You know what I mean? And maybe not even mention anything. You know what yeah. I mean? And just continue to love you. And, you know, if we talk about something later, bring it up later. Right. But I think yeah. oftentimes, I don't know what it is. Maybe you can talk about it too. But like, just like the overcorrections that exist in marriage. What do you mean? When you see like spouses like overcorrecting each other, like every little thing the spouse does, you gotta call it out. Yeah. Like why do you do that? Or why do you do this? Or what's this? Or what's that? Like I see that a lot and I think that is a very toxic element of a relationship, right? Because it's, it's, it's for me, void of grace. Mm -hmm. It's void of patience. It's yeah. void of like actual faith that God can work on your spouse. On that person. You speak on it, babe. You speak on it. You speak on it. Yeah, I mean, in terms of... No, you're not talking too much at all. In terms of overcorrection, I feel like it really depends on that person. Because, let's be honest, a lot of us have trauma, right? A lot of people go into marriage, one, with trauma, and two, with a lot of preconceptions of what marriage is going to be like. We all have this fairy tale idea of marriage. We all have this like, you know, I've watched this show, I've watched this movie, or I've even seen my, my parents. And you are bringing this expectation. And I feel like for a lot of people, the overcorrection, the um, lack of grace, the lack of love, the lack of patience comes from this expectation that you have in your head of what that person should be rather than and i've seen this in myself it's like when i'm treating you when i'm treating you less like a son of god and more like okay this is who i expect you know a man of god even a, you know my expectations of what i think a man of god should be what i think my husband should be yeah. the way i approach you and i speak to you is completely different rather than when i like take the time and i'm like wow God really knows Javier. God really loves Javier. God really has a plan for Javier. God has 
preserved my husband and rescued him. Like literally, Christians believe that every single person who believes in Christ is a miracle. Yeah. We're walking miracles, right? Um, we, we literally were dead and then we came to life spiritually um, because of God's love and God's grace. So um, I think that when I treat you, when I overcorrect, it's from a it's from a place of this is what I expect you to do rather than okay God what 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 do you want my husband to be doing and that might not even be a thing where I'm like constantly telling you oh this is what God is is doing like I think for me as the wife even as scripture reveals you know and that's something that you know maybe we can t talk about tonight or even later submission you know that word has been abused and misused right yeah. in yeah. in different contexts but it's crazy and i always share this with people because i never had a bad um view of submission and i think it's because i never viewed it as um something bad like i never viewed it as something that women are to do to men I, I never viewed it that way one because uh scripture says that wives are to submit to their husbands not women to all men but i think also um whenever i think about submission the first person i think about is jesus i always think about how jesus perfectly submitted to the father that whenever he was on earth whenever he was speaking he was you know to the pharisees he was always like i do my father's will i just do what my father says and so there's this there's this heart behind Jesus. Like I'm perfectly submitted to my father and he's got my back. I'm in a good place. So whenever I yeah. thought about submission as a wife, I always thought, oh man, like I'm taking, I'm, I'm taking notes from my savior. Like he, yeah. he's, he like, um, you know, um, <laughs> what, what's his name? Um, S O the rapper with the song where he goes, um, real womanhood really, really looks like Christ. Christ. Like for me, you know, at the end of the day, that's where I take my cues from. I take my cues from Jesus. So when I'm communicating with you, even when I'm thinking about submission to you, in no way is it like, oh, you know, I forgot that I have a brain and everything that Javer says I'm going to do. No, it's like, okay, Jamie, the Lord has given you wisdom. He's giving you gifts. How can you steward it to support your husband, to encourage him, to build him up so that he can feel, you know, um, he can feel confident who God has made him to be so that he can lead your family. And that as he's leading you, he's like, oh man, my wife really does have my back. She know, you know, she really does see that God is leading me. And guess what? In that turn, you naturally are going to trust me more and be like, babe, like, hey, what do you think? Like, what, you know, and that's what I've seen happen in our marriage. But in those moments where I'm like, bruh, I don't, you know, I don't want to hear you right now. I don't trust what you're doing. Like, I felt you like, oh, like, I don't know if I can trust you too. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a complex one because then you get into like gender specificity. You know what I mean? And like how scripture talks about gender roles. Like, you know what I mean? Like these are taboo. It's weird that it's even a taboo thing. Gender is such a, a massive part of our lifestyles. You think yeah. we talk about it more. Um, I think, I don't, you know, the, the submission that is, laid out for us in scripture i don't think it's gender specific i think it's role specific yeah. you know what i mean and you start at the role and then you get down into the gender dialogue about gender because gender is an element of the image of god mm -hmm. you know what i mean like he made male and female, and female uh male and female he made them yeah. you know what i mean like you can't omit that part of genesis that's what it says you're right so that's true. but i think 
people start at the gender portion and then and try to never talk about okay well what is what roles are we talking about here you know yeah. well who who made these roles right when you look at a company and you look at a company's or, uh, organizational structure you have ceo cfo cto then you have uh, you know above them maybe the board of directors below the cfos the ct the, C, the executive c-suite people you might have vps and then below the vps you might have directors this is organizational structure. Yeah. And this is and this it's so crazy that we submit to that. You know what I mean? With no problem. With no issue. Yeah. No issue we submit to that structure because it's corporate. You know, it's it's it deals it's dealing with money, but that's the same setup for the kingdom of God. Yeah. You know what I mean? As it's set up in this particular context on earth now, right? Mm-hmm. There's organizational structures to things. There are gender specific roles that God has laid out according to the text you know what i mean i think where people have an issue is well women have been let's be real women have been degraded abused limit women were literally property to men literally until i think like like relatively recently like you know late 1800s you know like it just it's just really crazy when you start looking at history you know realizing that black men black slaves black male slaves had the opportunity to vote before white women did that's just something that's very interesting right right. um so i think when you just look at history there has been an abuse of of women just in all cases and even today there's some atrocious um just really really wicked things that are happening um you know to all human beings but to women and and um specifically absolutely so i think when we look at that, a lot of people say, okay, well, it is because men have been deemed as superior. That's what a lot of people believe. And people believe that the solution is, okay, everyone needs to be equal. But even when you're talking about everyone being equal, it's like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Does that mean there's no difference between men and women? Because that's not that's not objectively true, right? There is a difference between men and women, the obvious you know, just our reproductive systems and the way that we're built and the way that we're shaped and the way that we think. But I think those differences, whereas our world says, no, there is no difference and tries to ignore the obvious. Rather, as Christians, we say, no, there is a difference. And it is a beautiful difference that God has made us to glorify him in different ways. Right. And so, um, I think the whole, you know, the everything that's going on with gender identity is it, it's interesting because there is sin when it comes to the way that women are being treated and even the way that men are being treated now. I think um, there's a toxicity, ironically, there's a toxicity when it comes to speaking about masculinity and femininity um, in a godly way. But I think as believers, we have to have to have to always go back to the text and go back to scriptures um and so where god tells us hey these are the specific roles for women there are specific roles for women not just for wives specific roles for women specific roles for men specific roles for wives specific roles for, example, for husbands you know older women teach the younger women mm-hmm. right you know yep you know uh eldership right Commit these things to faithful men. Yep. You know what I mean? Who can yep. do the same? Who are yep. leading their families? These yep. are things that are laid out in the text. Um, let's bring it back to marriage, though, right? Let's bring it back to marriage. You know, we're talking about roles in marriage, and you brought up the role of wife, right? And how you look to Christ 
as your example of what godly submission in marriage looks like. You know, you spoke about uh, some of the ways this has been misconstrued, um, some of the ways this is unfruitful. I guess I can I guess I can piggyback on that and talk about husband as head of the home. You know what I mean? And what you know how that plays out. Um, I think it's First Corinthians. What what is that? I don't know. 14, 13, it talks about Christ being the head of the husband, and it talks about the husband being the head yeah. of the wife, right? Yeah, I think it's... You know, 14. and again, it just, it goes to that submission piece, not necessarily being gender-specific, but role-specific. Everyone is called to submit to God, you know what I mean? Everyone. Right? Obviously, there are nuances that break down within interpersonal relationships between humans, but I think the overall, the same way wife submits to husband is the same way husband ought to submit to Christ mm -hmm. because that's the same way Christ was submitted to the father yeah. or is submitted to the father, right? So I think there's a very clear roadmap laid out for us as to what that looks like. So for me, headship looks like servitude mm -hmm. um, in marriage, right? It, it doesn't look like domin down, like it doesn't look like dominance. Yeah. It doesn't look like assertiveness mm -hmm. or aggressiveness. Right. I don't, I'm not saying being assertive is antithetical to being, um, you know, uh, a servant. You yeah. know what I mean? But I'm saying it's not the overtone of my leadership. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The overtone or at least the goal that I have and the goal that I see or, or at least the model that I see laid before me by Jesus is husband as head. But the greatest is the servant. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if I'm going to be that. a great husband, <laughs> I ought to be a servant leader of my household. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? How can So the first thing I'm asking, okay, well, how can I serve my family? How yeah. can I serve my wife? How can I serve my child, right? It's a different tone. Yeah. It's a very different attitude because what that does is it removes entitlement. Mm -hmm. Right? So you can you have a lot of and again, this, the stuff you're talking about with women, in 2020, there are guys walking around with this posture that women are like bugs. And there's some sick ideology out it's, there about wicked, bro. how to perceive a woman and how to treat a woman. It's very sick. It's very carnal. It's very depraved. But what believing in the gospel does to the heart of the husband or what it ought to do is humble yeah. you yeah. to the point of servitude because you know you need God yeah. to lead your family. But it should also kill entitlement in your heart mm. so i am not demanding and expecting of you that which i'm not entitled to you yeah. know what i mean like it's just it's an attitude i think yeah. that approaching headship from a servant a servitude perspective it can eliminate so many things that pride brings and i think that, yeah. i think a lot of abuse physical physical emotional. verbal emotional from husbands to wives stems from deep 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 dark pockets of pride in that man's mm -hmm. heart you know what i mean and what he how he views himself yeah. relative to his wife you know what i'm saying do you think because i feel like i always i maybe you guys have heard it um said this way that pride and insecurities are different sides of the same coin hmm. because whenever i see a man a or whenever I see or hear of a man abusing a woman or a woman abusing a man, I never think this person is struggling with pride. I always think, man, that's a really insecure dude. Hmm. And you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. That's like that's that's just my assumption. Whenever no, no, that's I very see, interesting. Talk about that. Because I'm like, for a grown man to lay a hand on a woman 
or to even talk down to someone. That's why, like, I really detest bullies, you know? Because I'm like, there has to be some trauma or something wrong with you psychologically mm -hmm. in order to belittle another human being to make yourself feel better. Yeah. Or to talk about someone to make yourself feel better. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I've never understood that. So for yeah. me, do you feel like, as a man, that it's only because of pride that would lead a, another man to, you know, be abusive? And like... Cause I feel like it is a God, it's a supernatural thing hmm. for a man, one, to know Jesus, but it's a supernatural thing for a man to love, right? To set himself aside. Like this is not easy. Like this is not yeah. normal for people. Cause the Bible tells us in general, not even just in marriage, you are to like, um, even when we're talking about the Good Samaritan, you know, that, that parable that Jesus said, this man went above and beyond the call of loving someone who in his culture, they wouldn't even have spoken to each other, right? Mm -hmm. Who, you know, most likely a lot of people would have been like, yo, these two groups of people hate each other. But Jesus gave that example of, no, this is how you're called to love each other. You're called to put yourself last and to love, you know, whoever's in need first. Mm -hmm. um, so what do you think about I guess what would you say to that person who is in an abusive relationship um, and is looking to understand like what what does what does a healthy man what is a healthy how does a healthy man approach leading and loving a woman how, an abusive man. No, 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 a healthy, healthy man. Well, I guess, but this is speaking to the relationships where there exists there an abusive exists, husband? Yeah. Wow. That's a big question. I mean, I mean you're going to have to answer it. No, no, I mean, I'm, I'm going to answer it, but that's just like very heavy, like, you know, it's a very heavy thought. But, mm -hmm. um, what was the question again? What would you say to that person who may be in an abusive relationship yeah. about the truth of how a man is supposed to be? Like you were talking about, like a lot of men, you know, think, okay, I'm supposed to be the head. I'm supposed to be the yeah, leader. Yeah. I'm supposed to be dominating. Okay. Everything I says right. goes. Okay. Okay. How would okay. you? Yeah, I, I guess I would speak over the marriage. You know what I mean? I wouldn't yeah. want to just speak to the wife, you know what I mean? Or to the husband. husband. I would speak to the marriage, right? Yeah. To that marriage. Here's what I would say. It, as you were talking, all I thought about was the fruit of the spirit. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm just like, That's good. joy, peace, happiness, self-control, right? Kindness. Patience, kindness. Ah. It talks about in Romans, like, Paul is saying like put down don't offer your body as an instrument of wickedness mm -hmm. like don't offer your body for that yeah instead offer your body as an instrument of righteousness, righteousness. christian spirit-filled one don't you realize this is what your baptism represented yeah yeah you, you the old you is dead right so there's that massive gospel reality that is a massive doorway yeah that somebody has to walk through, right? So I think they're, I'm using that to separate the two kinds of people I'm about to talk about. Yeah. So you have the person who has stepped into that door of the gospel, right? Okay. Has been baptized, you know, 
dead to sin, you know, mm-hmm. confess Jesus is Lord, but finds themselves as an abuser. Yeah. That's, that's one person. Mm-hmm. Then you have the person who has yet to walk through the gospel narrative, has not submitted to Christ, has not believed the son, and is an abuser. You yeah. know what I mean? So you have those two kinds of people. And I think this, the illusion is different for the both of them. Mm. I, for the abuser who is not at all filled with the spirit, who is like dry bones in the flesh, you know what I mean? Living death. You know, you need to repent. Yeah. You need to repent of sin. If you're beating your wife, if you're abusing your wife, if you're verbally abusing your wife, emotionally abusing, you need to repent of sin and call on Christ to save your soul. Yeah. Right? You need to be saved. Yeah. You know, because a part of the gospel... It's not it's not a supplement. You know, it's not a vitamin for your life. I know. It is an, it is an essential Central. mineral. It, it is you don't have it, you die. Is that you macro? know what I mean? Right. So mm-hmm. that's what I would tell that individual. Like, yo, you're in sin, you are offending God, right? You are uh violating his creation, woman, you know yeah. what I mean? And don't get it twisted. You will pay for it. I know. Right? You know, I think again that's that's a heavy thing for people Whatever to realize you that you so few people, we see so few people pay for the sins they commit in this On life. Earth. It's difficult for us to even consider that we will be held accountable for the wickedness that we've created. Yes, so we will. that's my great call to you, abuser who has rejected Christ. Now, because then you get into the door, mm-hmm. right? And then let's just say you're an abuser who is in the fold of the faith. Yeah. Right? Oh, man. It's... What what that demonstrates is that you have either a a misunderstanding mm-hmm. or a um an ignorance to what the gospel is calling for you to do. Mm. It's no way possible that you have a gospel understanding that you have been saved from darkness into yeah. light. Right? Mhm. And that the spirit of God is living inside of you. Mm-hmm. And abuse your wife. It's, it is a violation of the essence of the gospel, which for is sure. love. So for God so <laughs> loved love the world, world, right? The greatest commandment, love, love. God yeah. with all your yeah. heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor um, as yourself, yep. which is like the first commandment. You are, that's the first, that's the greatest commandment. Yeah. That is the greatest commandment of all. You are in violation of that. So Christian abuser, you are in sin. Yeah. Let's just call a spade a spade. You are in sin. You are in violation to the call of God. Mm-hmm. Sin has a penalty. And it's like, I always tell my guys, man, you know, anybody who, who follows me or like talks to me regularly, you know, and like has opened themselves up to receive my counsel, I always tell them, I'm like, hmm, when they, when they tell me about their lives and things that they're doing and I find that there's an element that is sinful, you know, I listen and I'm like, hmm, look, man, you got two choices. You only have two. You are going to repent. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to God, as he says, humble yourself before God. You're yeah. going to go to the throne of grace to receive grace and receive forgiveness Mm -hmm. for that what you're doing and then be empowered because of that grace to overcome the thing that you had to repent of Mm -hmm. or you're going to keep doing what you're doing and you might die (laughs) i know it's crazy you you always add that part you You might might die die. that bro the wages of sin is dead bro Bro, you out here saying it like yo you might really die yeah and i don't know 
what where you're, you're I don't yeah. know what your I don't know if you made your election sure. Yeah. I don't know if you are walking worthy of the call. Yeah, whether that what that reveals what that about reveal? your actual salvation. What does it reveal, right? Yeah. So and again, don't get it twisted because you can hear that and be like, I'm not perfect, therefore I'm wicked. That's not the that's not the that's not the exactly. tone of what I'm saying. Exactly. The tone is repentance is marked by progress. Yep. I think that's you know one what thing saying? that a lot of people is just like, oh, Christians think you right, have to be perfect. Right. Like, there has I can't to be do progress it. in repentance. It's just like, no, like repentance is right. literally a big word for, okay, God, I recognize, and this is really important, I recognize that I cannot be perfect. That's actually what repentance is. I mm. cannot do it on my own. I am not perfect. I need you. So it's saying what I was doing is it's wicked. It breaks your heart and it's not leading to anything fruitful. And I know your way is the right way and I'm going to choose you. And that's why Christians say we walk by faith because we're not walking by like, yeah, I got it. You know, it would be insane if you and I were like, man, you know, we good. Like, you know, we read our Bibles, we pray like, we good. We got this marriage. You know, day. we got this marriage thing down pat. Yeah. No, yeah. like even like the the last video we made, like if we ourselves do not believe and apply the gospel in our marriage, it will fail. Yes. It will die. Yes. And I'm always telling yes. people that like we're not yes. marriage counselors, we're not pastors, and even if we were, that wouldn't mean that we're perfect. It wouldn't mean that our marriage is infallible. You know what I mean? Like we are going to make mistakes. And I think um, a lot of people are like, okay, yeah, we're all gonna make mistakes. But for the Christian, it's, it, we realize that sin is not just a mistake. Sin is falling short of God's standard. And for many of us, you know, before Jesus, or maybe even while you're in, in Christ, but for those of us, for those people who are in sin, it's important to recognize that this there is a way there is a penalty for this right the wages of sin is death and that if you do not if you do not believe and start walking in faith in christ then you already know your trajectory so um mm. i don't know i just think it's mm. super important whether you're a christian whether you're not that you're super honest about yourself with yourself about this because for me, like if I if I want to be married to you, babe, if I want to be like our you want to be like, to me? I, I, I yes, I want to be married to you. Like our goal, like we want to be like those old people. You always tell me like we want to be old in rocking chairs yeah. in front of the house. Yo, seventy plus years, you know, yo, we've been you know, If out, it's if dog. it's God's will, you know, if it's God's will for us to be alive, you yeah. know, that long. But that's our goal. So for you. Who are watching i pray that you would hear it it isn't something where we think we've got this no it's a recognition that oh my gosh i need to be reminded of this every single day i think that's how i practically apply um the gospel in our mm. marriage that's how i practically apply our faith is every single day that i wake up i have to be reminded of who god is who jesus is what he did in my life because that immediately humbles me immediately automatically I'm sorry, if you are struggling with pride, if you are struggling with insecurity, yes, even those of us who struggle with insecurity, remember different sides of the same coin, yeah. you have to put yourself in a position 
where you're looking at God rather than just focusing on yourself. That is going to crush your marriage. Like I've been in situations where I feel so insecure. I'm like, I can't rely on Javier to just, oh babe, you look beautiful. Oh babe, you, no. Like that's, yes, in, in some ways, like as my husband, sure he can encourage me, but there is no one who can encourage me like my creator. There is no one who can encourage me like the perfect that's father. True. God and is so source. He is the source. source. So that's why it's so important. And you know, you hear these things like, oh yeah, you know, pray, pray and read your Bible. But the actual Christian, like when I see women of God who are really on fire for Christ and I ask them what they do, guess what they say? I read my scripture, I pray, and Bible. I hold on to God with everything that I have. You get what I'm saying? So you got to listen to what these older, wiser women are saying and older, wiser men are saying. It would be foolish of us if we were just like, yeah, I don't want to do that because, you know, I still love God, but, I'm, you know, everything that the successful Christians do, I'm not going to do because, you know, God knows my heart. That We would call that foolishness. The Bible would call that foolishness. Yeah. So. Facts. Wahundo. He's so silly. All right, I mean, babe, we at what forty two minutes? You got Let's any wrap more it points, up. or you want to wrap it up right here? Let's see. Let me see if I if I got any more points. Any more points? Also, guys, let us know your thoughts. Um, where are you from? Who are you? Yeah. How'd you find us? Let us. You know, know what I mean? In the comments um, below. We're gonna be wrapping up soon, but definitely comment some of your thoughts on marriage. And for those of you just, who are married, or just relationships, if you're not yeah, married, yeah, the gospel centered relationship, you know, what does yeah. the gospel look like in your relationship? What does the gospel look like in your marriage as it's played out? You know, definitely type that in the comments below. Let us know. Yeah. I think the last thing that I'll wrap up with is I think a center, um, central to the, the message of the gospel is giving glory to God. So if you can honestly say, my heart is, a, is in a place, my actions are in a place, my words are in a place where I am bringing glory to God by the way that I'm treating this individual, you're in a good place. But if you, you know, whether it's a relationship with your parent, whether it's a relationship with a friend, a roommate, you know, coworkers, you know, or like us, husband, wife, I think when I look at it myself, if there is a situation where the way I'm thinking about you, the way I'm speaking to you, the way I'm acting towards you is not bringing glory towards God, I think for me it's an easy conclusion that, okay, I need to repent. I need to change the way that I'm behaving and ask God, well, really, I need to ask God to, to forgive me and to help me um, stop treating you in a way that really is all about me and start treating you in a way that brings glory to God and actually treating you like you were made in his image. Um, so. Yeah. It was, I'm about to go listen to that Jackie Hill Perry album again. Cause she, that Which first. Which one? Um, it was her last one, I think. It was either her last one or the one before this, but that this, first track, it was like, motto? I don't remember, man. It was the first, I just noticed the first song where she talks about like changing your target. Like there's this last line about, you know, yeah. if your heart is not, you know, aligned. aligned with God, just like she just used this metaphor of an arrow, you know, yeah. shooting an arrow somewhere and how what you're targeting reveals your motivations. Ooh, that's good. And I think I love Jackie. what I hear from you, shout out to Jackie, you know, I hope you Jackie have a successful childbirth. We love you guys. Yeah. Um, but like 
you know what's in your heart. Based on what you're targeting in marriage, mm-hmm. that will reveal your heart. Like, what am I saying here? So, for example, you talked about looking to God, looking to glorify God as a target. Yeah. That is something you are aiming for. Mm-hmm. If you're not aiming for the glory of God, what are you aiming for? One. Oof. That's a good question. So what are you aiming for? Because what you aim for is going to determine what your output is. You know what I'm saying? Like, if my aim is to glorify God, then best believe when it's time for me to forgive my wife, I'm going to do it. My output is going to be forgiveness. Because, Mm -hmm. well, dang, you know, if I want to be forgiven... I gotta forgive others. It'll be a no-brainer. Right? Motivation yeah. versus if my motivation, if my aim is God knows what, mm-hmm. I might not necessarily render forgiveness, right? Yeah. I might instead render harshness or abuse, right? Mm-hmm. So I think to your point, it's important to, it is important to aim for the glory of God. And I think that is a great concluding point because that is the center of the gospel. Christ came for the glory of God. So that we can live for the glory of God in unity with one another. So, yes. And I think it's, I'll just add simply, it's important for both spouses to be aiming for the glory of God. Single, if you're single and you're a believer, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying anything is impossible. Even scripture itself says it's not impossible for your unsaved spouse to be saved and made sanctified by you. I'm just saying, if you got an opportunity to identify that, a person is not aiming for God. Mm-hmm. I would not be in a relationship with that person. Facts. If you have an opportunity to identify, identify that reality. Before, yeah, beforehand. Okay, right? As soon as somebody reveals that to you. Come on, man. You Save your time. Save your youth. Mm-hmm. Save your singleness, bro. Save your singleness. Yeah, for sure. We got to do it. Let us know if you're interested in, doing, in us doing a video about singleness. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know. I'm trying to think of and of and the. I don't know, man. The, the blessing that singleness is, and like Ooh, if you really understand good. what you got while yeah. you're single, you won't be out here chasing everybody. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if you really understood what it was meant for. Yeah. Imagine if we knew what we knew now as a married couple, individually as individuals. Boy, I mean. All right. All right. All right. Life man. All right, guys. Well, that's our episode, um, The Gospel-Centered Marriage. This is Fruitful Sessions, episode five. Do pray for us that we're able to do this every week. Life. I know. Life happens, man. It's been a lot. There's a lot going on in in life, man. So pray for us that we're able to do this every week. Mm -hmm. And also let us know in the comments what you want to hear about. What are some topics you want to hear us discuss? Um, We'd be happy to discuss them on the podcast. Um, and just what kind of content you're interested in in general. We're thinking about interviews. We have all kinds of dreams and ideas that will come from our network, but um, this is just the beginning and the tip of the iceberg. Babe, you have anything you want to say? Absolutely. Nope. Just like, comment, subscribe, support. Um, Just like Jay said, let us know what you guys want to see, what you want to hear. We want to hear from you. Um, So thank you so much for tuning in, whether you're watching live, whether you're watching recorded, and we will see you later. Thank mm-hmm. you.